welcome to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. I'm Cheryl, and I invite you to join me on my quest to find out why are people homeschooling? How do you do it? What are the differences in how people homeschool from region to region? And should I homeschool my kids? Stick with me as I unfold the answers to each of these questions week by week. Thank you for joining us today. Here with me, I have Ashley from Georgia. Ashley, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. So let's start out by you telling me how many kids you have, their ages, and how long you've been homeschooling. Okay. I have three kids. Um, I have two boys and a girl, and they are seven, six, and four now. Oh, those are fun ages. It's very fun. I finally feel like my head's above water. I'm not drowning now. <laughs> Um, and we have been homeschooling for, um, January was a year with my first one. And then with my younger two, we've only been homeschooling them since November. So it's been about four months. Okay. Um, cause with my oldest one, he was kind of just thrown in the deep end. The, the way it happened was my husband with the whole vaccine debacle that went on, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, all three of ours were in private Christian school and the two littles were mm-hmm. paid for through the year, but the oldest one, we were paying month by month for him. So, um, my husband lost his job, unfortunately, when all that was going on. And so the two littles could stay in the private school cause they were paid for. And then when the oldest one, we were like, well, we can't pay for you to go to school anymore. So you are now homeschooled <laughs> and we had no idea what we were doing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we were just like, all right, here we go. Wow. So it really wasn't a conscious decision for you. Yeah. No, we, we knew we knew we'd homeschool at some point, but we had no idea like when we were thinking okay. like, okay, we had recently moved to the area. And so we we're like, well, you know, we'll kind of get our feet under us. We'll get ready to, to do this. We'll plan it all out. And God was like, nope, you're going to do it now. We we're like, okay. So we pulled him out in January and it, it was really hard because also the private school that he went to was really sweet. And even his whole class was really sweet because the parents of that class even offered to pay his tuition for us, for him to keep going. Oh. And so that was a really hard decision because we were like, do we keep him in? You know, like, cause they're willing to pay. And we were, we just prayed about it and we were like, no, we, we think it's time. We're just going to go ahead and start homeschooling. But luckily we had both sets of grandparents were very supportive. My husband was homeschooled until high school. I wasn't. I went to public school, but my parents were also very supportive, thankfully. And so we pulled him out and my mom is partially retired. So she only works two days a week. And so she started just pulling homeschool material and just setting stuff up. And it's funny because her name's Rebecca. So we said that instead of Rebecca, he did Rebecca <laughs> curriculum <laughs> at first. So he just like put stuff together for us. So we just, we were just winging it that first semester, honestly. I was just glad that he could already read. <laughs> I felt like it wasn't as much of a struggle. Um, so we just put stuff together for him and pulled stuff here and there and just made sure that we were meeting the, we printed out the Georgia, like the curriculum, that they, the objectives and stuff that they were supposed to meet for kindergarten. It was also lucky that he was only in kindergarten. So it wasn't like we could do that much damage, hopefully. So we just made sure that he was meeting the objectives for the state and we just, we were winging it that first semester. So that's interesting because in New York, we do not have to report anything for kindergarten. We, we don't have to report anything at all. I mean, when they're six, you have to do a declaration of intent. So I didn't even have to do that. 
Okay. I just, for me, wanted okay. to make sure that I wasn't, like, missing anything, you know, like, that I wasn't messing yeah. him up in some way, you know? Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure that he was meeting those objectives, um, which he already was. Right. He was, you know, he was already beyond all that. So I was very thankful that he had great teachers in the beginning um, and that he just loved to learn anyway. But yeah, in Georgia, you don't have to do anything until they're six. You do a declaration of intent. And even then, you don't have to do a lot after that. Every three years, you just, they take a test and that's pretty much it. Till they graduate? Yeah, that's pretty much it in Georgia. You don't have to do, you don't have to do quarterly reporting? Nothing. Nope. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So um, third grade, sixth grade, ninth and twelfth, they have to do a standardized test, basically. Um, and you just turn it in. And that's pretty much it in Georgia. Wow. How do do you have to keep up on what's on the test so that you can prepare them over that three-year block? I'm sure they would advise it because otherwise, you know, they might not do very well on tests. But literally, you don't have to do any. They just uh, test. And I don't even know that it's necessarily. See, mine are still young, so I'm not really sure. I don't know that it's even a standardized test. I think it's just a test and you have to submit something proving that, you know, they are actually learning something. Okay. Yeah. And I interview people all over the country. So I always try to ask what the reporting requirements are for each state. Um, it's yeah. really cool. But yeah, we don't really, I, I, I've, I don't have to be concerned about anything until third grade. So I don't have to do anything till my oldest, he's in first grade. So I don't have to do anything till he's technically in third grade okay so what kind of curriculums are you uh using at this time now we're a little more organized we kind of know what we're doing (laughs) and since i have all three i just went ahead and i started doing um the same thing right now with all of them um because they all learn differently um and that's part of why we started homeschooling because i was like since they do all learn so differently um that's part of why we did it um and right now we're just using um the good and the beautiful which is you know very popular um, and I like it because it literally says, like, say this to the child so I can just, like, read it off. Makes it a lot easier. Yeah. It's very simple for me, just because it's so new to me. I know in the future we'll probably do something else, um, but it's very, very easy for me as a new, you know, parent teacher to be able to do that. Right. Um, and they all are really loving it and thriving on it. And so, at least for right now in their early years, this is what we're going to do. And we really enjoy it. Now, did you work before? Um, I So I used to do hair and makeup um, before I had kids. And then when I got married, we pretty much immediately had kids. And then so mm-hmm. I stayed home with them. My first two were only 12 months apart. So they came pretty quickly. And so once I had them, I yeah, just stayed home. So that's nice. It took off a, a little bit of the weight from your shoulders. Like, do I have to quit a job? Can we afford it financially? That sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, we've still had to sacrifice even with that, you know, with with me right. staying home even. Um, and there's still, you know, there's things that they would want want to do. You know, they, they want to play the sports and they want to do all the things. But because around here, sports is is huge. We um, are part of the SEC, the Southeastern Conference. So like football is, it's, it's kind of a cult <laughs> almost around here. So they want to, you know, they want to do all the sports and everything and it would be great if we could let them do that. But I mean, you do have to sacrifice some things. And so that's that's one of the things that we've had to cut back on um, and not be able to do. I loved my job before, you know, before I had kids and all. And so, but that is something that we've had to sacrifice. But we went ahead and did that because we did know that we were going to want to homeschool them eventually. 
in Georgia, can homeschoolers be part of the school sports? They can, uh, but they have to do a dual enrollment with at least one class. Okay. Um, and it starts in middle school. So once once they're in middle school, they can do a dual enrollment with at least one class and then participate in the sports. Okay. That's interesting, too, because in New York, you're not allowed to at all um, be any part. Homeschoolers cannot be part of school sports. And the woman I was just talking to in Idaho they ha- schools have to allow the homeschoolers into the sports. <laughs> it's totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yep. I, it's all just who you have, you know, fighting for your legislation, I guess. Right. It, it, you know, it's never been so apparent, like how important politics is. You don't think of it. I never was, you know, a public school education. So I guess I never was taught that, um, like, where it really trickles down too. you know, you taught about presidential elections. I know nothing about, you know, the senator race, what they do, um, you know, all the way down to, I can't even name the stuff because I don't know. I started voting in small elections, but I don't know what, what they do, what the judges, you know, all of that is. So I will be sure to give that info to my son. Exactly. You're like, and, and really your, your community government, you know, your city council, your county, you know, I mean, that's the part that too, that is, especially in our area, because that does affect what our, our homeschoolers are allowed to do even in, in, in our area. Um, and luckily we have a very large homeschool community here in Northeast Georgia. We have it and it's getting bigger and bigger. I think more people are catching on (laughs) and are deciding that it is more what they should be doing. Yeah. So, and you guys have a religious exemption in Georgia, correct? Yes. For vaccines. Yes, we do. So, um, um, I know that that's, more of an issue in New York. Why do you think your homeschool community is getting bigger? So actually in our county, we have um, one of the most um, conservative, we live in the most conservative county in Georgia, but that doesn't mean that things aren't coming down federally that can't trump that, you know? So people are catching on and I think they're starting to realize that yes, right now you can have a religious exemption, but for how much longer? You know, yeah, and I think that it for for a lot of people, it's not just a, a vaccine thing; it's what's being taught in the school, the actual right. education part. I think that's what more people mm-hmm. are becoming more concerned about is what's actually being taught and what books are being put in the library. You know, I mean, I'm not for necessarily banning books, but it's more at what age. You know, you and I as adults, we can discern. Absolutely, am I going to read this? But a kindergartner can't go in and and look at a book. And I mean, it's going to be bright and colorful and say, oh, I want to read this when they shouldn't be. Right. When you think about the the books that they are banning books, actually, it's just that they're banning books on God and um, pride in your country. (laughs) They're replacing them with other sorts of books to lead you to believe there is an agenda out there. Absolutely. And I think especially in our area and talking with the people that are in our homeschool community, that's what we're more concerned about than necessarily the vaccine. I mean, 
you know, body autonomy is definitely part of it. So have you found that um, there's more opportunities to socialize your children as homeschoolers than you thought there might be? Absolutely. Um, Because I know, you know, everybody's like, oh, the weird homeschool kids that, you know, they don't even know how to socialize. But to me, I feel like we actually have to scale back our socializing a little. Like we have so many opportunities to do stuff. So we have a ton of different co-ops around in our area. Um, and so I actually started a play group. We do a play group once a week where we just get together and they literally just play. And then we started a co-op, but ours is literally just, we just do field trips and holiday parties because we didn't want to be an educational co-op because we felt like we're teaching our kids the way we want to teach them and what we want to teach them. But we felt like that was what we were quote unquote missing from school was the field trips and the parties. Cause that's more fun to do with a big group of people versus like, I love that, you know, putting on your pilgrim hat with your parents and having a Thanksgiving party, you know, like it's more fun to do with a group of people. Yeah. I love that idea. It was really, it's really fun. And so it started out, it was just four of us families just talking. We're like, this would be really fun. And so just word of mouth um, before we even had our first party the day that we showed up we had 50 kids showed up and we were like okay this is clearly a need we were not expecting that many and it has it's grown like it's crazy how fast it's grown so we're like okay we might need to put a cap on it like so that's something else that I feel like again people didn't think of that so nobody else has done a co-op in our area like that and so people have heard about and they're like oh yeah we want to come to this so it's gotten huge Um, so that's just a really fun one that we've done. And then there's several in our area that are very nature based because we are in the mountains. And so there's like a, um, a nature kindergarten one. Um, there's hiking ones. There's, um, there's several education ones too. Like we have a classical conversations, which is very, you know, popular. Um, but there's tons, there's tons around in this area, which is really great that it's so, there's so many different kinds that people can choose from. And then there's like they do have a ton of sports like rec sports, you know, the rec department sports here are huge and we are in the Bible belt. So there's a church on every corner. So, I mean, there's so many opportunities to socialize. And I think what, what people don't realize too, is that like my kids can carry on a conversation with adults because we socialize with adults too. Like it's not just, you know, you're in your third grade class and you get to go to recess with them 15 minutes a day. And people consider that socialization. Like, my kids know how to carry on conversations with multiple generations. Yeah. You know, which I think is important to me. That's so, you know, like to be able to, to do that versus just hanging out with kids your own age. I agree. I think uh, like when I look back on myself in childhood, I feel like I did talk to my friends. Well, they might disagree, but I do feel like I talked to my friends, parents, (laughs) and that helped me out in my Uh, professional life because I never, I never treated a boss or management much different than I treated, you know, the person next to me or, you know, someone making less. Uh, I, I joked around with them all, you know, I didn't have that sort of celebrity eye that, you know, some of the new people coming in would have towards the higher ups. And I feel like that got me farther in life, um, especially in my career, which is making it hard to leave my career. But, um, uh, I, I don't know, after they listen to a couple episodes of this, they'll probably kick me out the door. But um, 
But I do think that matters. And I, I don't know where that came from for me because I, you know, I went to public school, but I maybe just my parents, my mom is a big talker. So she's pretty much the same way. She'll talk to anybody in, in line at the grocery store. Right, exactly. Well, and I think that, you know, and I think that they, we all still need to have, a, a, we need to honor authority. I think that that's important too. But at the same time, being able to respectfully talk to adults, I think that that's, that is important. You know, you need to be able to talk to, you need to be able to speak to people. That's how you're going to be able to make it in life, you know? Definitely. Okay. So you went from your kids being in school to now they're all home with you. So, um, that's a lot, you know, you had a little bit of probably free time, time to clean, do laundry, grocery shop. And that has, your life has completely <laughs> turned, you know, 180 in the last year. So what's that been like? Cause, um, it's easy for us to talk about the wonderful parts of homeschool, but I think it's important to also talk about the raw and the hard moments. Cause I know I've had them. And how, how do you get through those moments? It is, we, it is very hard, especially because I, I didn't even get married <clears throat> until I was in my thirties. So I didn't even have kids until later on. So I was very, even before then. And so I had lots of free time and then all of a sudden, you know, I had little people that took over my life and then now they're back all the time with me. Um, so that it, it is hard and it's hard because you don't really have any, you know, like me time and the world is always telling you like you, you deserve you time. You deserve, you know, like you deserve it. You deserve it. And I think that that's where we have to say that, I don't necessarily deserve it and it is going to be hard, but also in that we have to just have a, I, I make my kids have a quiet time. Like we've got to have, cause they need it too. They need the rest and they need to be apart from each other sometimes too. Um, because I had this, you know, grandiose idea that it was going to be this, like, we're going to homeschool and my kids all of a sudden are just going to get along and we're going to sit at the table and we're going to do school and not. But they didn't get along before, so I don't know why I thought all of a sudden they were going to just be like best friends sitting at the table homeschooling. <laughs> Somehow I got that idea, but that is not the case. I mean, some days are great, but a lot of times it's it's definitely not. And so what I had to do was I actually um, school them each separately. At first I did have them all, and I was trying to like bounce between all of them. But now I do like the oldest one, I do him in the first hour, and then the second one, and then the, the littlest one. And her, I mean, she's in preschool, so... We don't do a whole lot. Um, so just having each time with them separately. And then we have a quiet time. And during that quiet time, I try to just have a little bit of like, I hate to say me time, but that it really is what it is, is I just try to have me time. And honestly, getting up before them and having my time um, with either myself or me and my husband, like, you know, us and being in the word and reading scripture, that helps too. So getting up before them. Um, is what I've found, even though now they know that we get up earlier, they try to get up earlier. And I'm like, no, no. So, um, we got one of those clocks that has the, it lights up to tell them what time they can get out of their room. So if it's yellow, they can be awake, but they can't come out of the room. And then green, they can actually come out of the room. So, and they actually abide by it. So I'm like, okay, that's, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. It's called an, okay wow. Who's the genius that invented that? I don't know, but I'm so grateful for them. So, cause even the little one who can't like tell time, but she knows that like yellow means, you know, I can't come out yet, but I can get out of the bed. 
that she can be out of the bed and in her room and then green means they can actually come out. So even if you hear us out, I love it. Just, they're in there like, I have to go to the bathroom so bad, but it's yellow. <laughs> I mean, I will let you go out and go potty and then you go back in. But if I see you going potty three times, I know that's not really what you're doing. Like you need to get back in your room. So, but yeah, it's an amazing thing. Is there a red? No. So red is like you close your eyes. You better be in the bed with your eyes. Close your eyes. It is not time to be awake. <laughs> Don't even peek over here. No, it's just like a, actually, so there's like a little smiley face on the clock. And if its eyes are closed, that's when you're supposed to be asleep. Oh, I love it. So, yeah. And so that's it, great. And and you can set it for like whatever time they're supposed to go to sleep. So if they're supposed to be like asleep at 730 at night, the little smiley face will close its eyes at 730 at night. And so they know that they're supposed to be asleep. <laughs> And then it'll like open its eyes at, you know, okay. 630 or whatever. And then I'm buying that today. It's amazing. Okay to wake is what it's called. Now, what do you do with your preschooler while you're working with your other two children? Because if that's about two hours that you're devoting to the other two, that's got to be hard. Um, since I'm only working with one, this is the one time that there's an advantage of having three. <laughs> is the other one will play with her sometimes. Now, sometimes a fight breaks out. And so I do have to them up but i got a little um it's a crayola easel and so it has like the dry erase board on one side and the chalkboard on the other and so she for the most part has liked um if she's not you know playing with her babies or whatever she'll bring her babies and she'll be teaching her babies over on the side with the easel so she's pretending like she is a mom teaching also because my girl is my youngest and she wants to be a mom and a teacher and everything so that works out that she will play or then she'll just go up she's very she's okay being playing independently and then we do lots of snacks i'm not gonna lie we do lots of snacks during the morning and so if i constantly <laughs> feed them then they're okay too um so hey. we do that a lot yeah whatever works yep um and then I'm I mean, at least there you're in control of what they're eating when they're at school. Right. Exactly. You know, there's vending machines all over the place. Yeah. And I know we could always buy cookies all day long. Yeah. And yeah, no, so crazy. Yeah. We do go, we go through a lot of fruit, which is very expensive, but I'm like, you know, at least it's, it's you know, healthy. So at least we're doing that. Um, yeah. And she also, I'm not the mom that's like afraid of mess. I just feel like that's part of what we're doing um so i'm fine with the plate and getting the play-doh mixed up and so she'll just be over um, honestly we just do it on the floor she's fine she'll just go on the floor and she'll play play with play-doh uh, i'll do like sensory bins for her um and they are not these are not like your pinterest sensory bins i'm talking about i'll put like a bowl with like rice and beans and stuff and you know and she'll play with that with like measuring cups and stuff like that it doesn't have to be Pinterest worthy, you know, like it's just things for her to play with and mix and, you know, use different measuring things so she can try to pour things into other things and, you know, stuff like that. Let's see what else is. And you'll set that up before you start working with the other two so that she has that stuff to do while you're busy with them. Sometimes I don't. And then I just have to stop what I'm doing and take care of the other one. I mean, that's life is, you know, you think you're going to be doing school all day and it's going to work well and then somebody pitches a fit and you got to stop and and take care of it you know and then some days we get that the truth it, it really is and some days you know some days everybody's in a bad mood 
and everybody's fighting and we just say, you know what, this isn't going to work today. Today's not going to be a, a school book day and we're just, we're going to go outside. If the, you know, if the weather's not horrible, like we're going to go outside and we're going to, we're going to walk around or we're going to go to the playground today. Like there's just days where you just have to toss it up and say, it's not working today. And that's one of the joys about homeschool is you just say, you know what? Yeah. We're not going to do it today. And tomorrow we will, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure getting outside and getting the fresh air and a little bit of energy out, you know, does allow for you to then maybe be in a better, a better zone to actually learn and sit and do your schoolwork. So, I mean, where you are, it'd be much nicer to get out every morning and do that in Georgia, in New York. It's like, "Eh." (laughs) it's a little icy here now. We we do get bad weather sometimes, but right now it's really great. And then sometimes we do just, we take our schoolwork outside. We sit on the trampoline and do our school, you know, like. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's what you got to do sometimes. So, because not every day is great. There's some really bad days and we just, you got to roll with it. Making me want to move now. (laughs) Come on down. It's really great. We could homeschool outside all year. (laughs) I'm, uh, we just booked a trip to Myrtle Beach for April. So mm, Myrtle Beach is that, that's where that'll we get be sometimes. fun. I'll get a little bit of sun. Uh, we've done it um, a couple years in a row to, to the campground. There's like an RV camper um, right on the ocean. So we've done it a couple yeah. years with some families. And that's another nice thing about vacations, which this happens to be on April break because we're going with my sister's family, but that you can vacation any time of the year, right. you know, um, national parks that you can go to and you can do those on any time of the year when it's not busy as opposed to being stuck to this winter break spring break summer break kind of thing and things are usually cheaper in those off times it makes it so much nicer so you know if you are on a budget then you can go yeah during during those times so um you said that your husband was big into sports do you think do you see your kids um, dual enrolling and doing the school sports or just sticking with the rec uh, stuff that they can do with their friends outside of school? I think that we will probably stick with like the rec stuff. Um, my ki- my kids, honestly, like we tried a, um, a rec uh, gymnastics course and they loved it. Um, and they're actually really naturally good at it. And I ju- know that gymnastics isn't really a normal like you know, sport that people normally think of for, you know, to go big in or whatever. But I know my kids are not going to be professional athletes. So that's not really something that we're super focused on anyway. Um, But it's something that Mm -hmm. um, with gymnastics, I mean, like, you're going to fail a lot. And I think that that's something that we need to learn in life. Um, And so, Mm And they really enjoy it. So I think they're going to do that anyway. Like that's when, you know, if we're, if we're able to, we're trying to, you know, see how we can, because yeah. he just recently in just the past few months actually was able to get, get something, get another job. Um, so, well, actually oh, it's, been almost, yeah, Congratulations. it's been almost a year. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really glad. So it actually has been almost a year now that I think about it. Um, so, but we're still trying to, you know, get back to where we were. So, um, but they really enjoyed the gymnastics. So I think we'll try that and, and do something with that. Cause I don't think the dual enrollment, I just, I just feel like where the public school system is and where it's going is not where we want to be. 
Um, so I don't something you want to even be a part of. I yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Now, do you guys have? I'm thinking of things like Boy Scouts and different yeah. um, programs where kids learn survival skills. And that's what I'm kind of looking for up here in New York. I, I know that it's out there. I just haven't really, you know, put my finger on it yet, but it's got to be there. Are you, does that big where you guys, is that big where you guys are from? I mean, we have Boy Scouts, which is huge around here, but one that we looked into is called Trail Life and it's a faith-based one. Um, and, but it's the same oh. thing basically um and they have trail life for boys and then heritage girls is the one that would be like girl scouts um, because i feel like both uh, girl scouts and boy scouts have you know kind of gone um i don't want to say necessarily woke but maybe that would be the word for it but you know they're allowing you know girls to be in boy scouts and boys being girl scouts and so and i just don't what's the point it's called boy scouts you know it's called girl scouts um, yeah so but with trail you. life and you know heritage girls they have said that they're not going to do that, but, um, trail life is really cool. It's very much like camping and survival skills. Like that's what they do. Um, along with, um, you know, studying scripture and stuff like that, which that's what we're into. Um, and so that's big around here. And my husband's very into it because he loves camping and hiking and all the survival stuff and all that. So, um, that's something that he can do with them also. Yeah, when I think about the things that I want my kids to know how to do when they graduate versus what I knew what to do or, or lack of uh, when I graduated, yeah. um, things like growing their own food or um, preserving food, finding water, what is safe to drink, finding shelter, um, hunting, uh, being able to you know, uh, butcher an animal, how to cook it, um, how to build a fire and, you know, these things that it's, it's funny to say, because I can, I can see people like laughing at that and, oh, who would need to know that stuff? But, um, when you look at what happened in the last three years, you're, and, and then every time you turn on the TV, it's like, oh yeah, well now it's kind of like a joke. You turn it on, you're like, of course, of course that's happening. Um, exactly. so literally nothing could surprise me at this yeah. point. Um, if I went to the store, there was nothing on the shelves. I don't think I'd bat an eyelash. I'd be like, eh, yeah, okay. This was bound to happen. It's just happening now. Or if we, we had no heat or electricity. Yeah. So it's like okay, how do I prepare my kids? Because am I just going to send them to school and have them sit at a desk for eight hours a day and then come home and still teach them that myself? You know, it, that's crazy. Let's yeah. combine our efforts here and get it all done in, in one uh, fell swoop. I think that's where, you know, I mean, co-ops are great and all that, but I think that, you know, your home and your community are are a big part of that. My parents homestead, so they grow things and they have small animals. And then my husband is huge into survival skills. And our community, our neighborhood, actually, when we we live in a, a, a community that was built in the past year and a half, like a little neighborhood that was built in the past year and a half. And when we first moved in, um, one of the families had a, a huge cookout um, and had everybody over. And it was basically to say, you know, like, we are a community and we need to take care of each other. And when things start to go south, like we have to take care of each other. And so the, mm -hmm. it was basically a get to know us and what are your skills and let's, let's, let's do this. Let's take care of each other kind of thing, which I thought was really cool. 
Yeah, I've thought about doing that on my road. I have like a nine mile long road. Yeah. And then, uh, but sometimes I look around and I'm like, eh, maybe we don't want to join forces. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, some of the people in the community, I mean, because they were. You're, you're out. Yeah. No, no, thank you. You know, um, but yeah, that's part yeah. of why we moved to this area because it is, um, that, that's the type of community this is. But one of the things too that my husband does with the kids all the time um, is they, my kids love YouTube just like every other kid. Right. But there are tons of people Mm -hmm. on YouTube who have these channels that they teach these things and they teach them to kids, you know, like how to, how to start a fire. Oh really? Oh yeah. Like my husband's huge into, into those videos and my kids love it. And it's like how to start a fire. How do you forage for different things? And so it teaches them this. Now, granted, you're not out there doing it. I get that. But at least they're getting the knowledge, you know. And so you. Yeah, they're learning about it. Right. But it would be the same thing as if you were doing a lesson from a book. Right. So same thing. So, you know, they watch these things. And my husband takes the the kids camp. I go occasionally, uh, but takes the kids camping, you know, and he lets them do most of the, the things and he's gotten them books about, you know, bushcrafting and all this stuff. And they're in really into it. And the, the thing that he does that I love is that's that amazing. He, yeah. And then he lets them do it. You know, like we can't be afraid to let them do it. So like he lets them start the fire, right? Lets them do the whittling. He lets them do all that, you know, because again, that's how they're also going to learn it. So we can't be afraid to let them, to let them yeah. do the things. Yes. They're only seven and six and four, but like you, and obviously it's at an age appropriate level, you know, but he's letting them do it. Um, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Even if we have a campfire in the backyard, you know, like he lets them do it and he's, they've got to go find all the sticks. They've got to do all the things, you know, but, um, which I think is pretty neat, but I, I think it's important. to. It is remarkably neat. Yes. <laughs> Cause I, I don't feel like even a lot of parents would know how to teach their kids to do those crafts. So um, it's very important. And and your kids are super lucky to have you guys. They are very lucky. But I also think, I mean, like, just because you don't know how, like, you can watch a YouTube thing. And I mean, just like with anything, you got to try it, you know, try. And oh, yeah. Try. Yeah. And then eventually you'll get My it. My husband knows how to, at least. We just, yeah, we have to get out there and do it. Yeah. Um, you know, they work, he works with my son down in the garage all the time. So, you know, my my kid hopefully can like change my oil one day. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's four and a half. So we have a yeah, little bit of time, but you're right. You get him started now. And, and we have a co-op that we, or not a co-op, it's a play group that meets on Mondays around the corner, actually. And nice. they do like you were saying, they, um, my son came over to me. He's like, mom, she handed me a chainsaw. We're building a fort. I'm like a chainsaw. <laughs> but it, it was just, it was a handsaw even still though. I'm like, well, you are only four, but you have all your fingers still. So we're good. But, good. um, you know, they were like, yeah, we, our kids, you know, they come here, they, you know, do some target practice. Everything is you know, there are parents there the whole time, but right. it is the outdoorsy learning how to do stuff on their own. And, and the parents have to jump in and say what, what they're comfortable with and not for their child in the ages, which clearly I should have been paying more attention, <laughs> but <laughs> he survived. Yeah, he's good. 
So wrapping up, is there anything else you wanted to discuss before we wrap up for the day? Because it's about 43 minutes now. So I want to make sure we get in any anything that you wanted to talk about. I think that we just need to remember that. I mean, there are going to be bad days, but there's also going to be really good days, you know, and if you can find your community, I think is going to be the the best way to do it. You can't do it alone. You can try. I'm sure some people do, but you've got to find your community. I feel is going to be the the best way to, to do it. Cause I don't think I could do it without my community. Yeah. I was talking to my pediatrician the other day and, um, she was saying how, you know, it mothering parenting is Mm -hmm. such hard work Mm -hmm. anyways. Um, and then, you know, when you add in the homeschool, And I said to her, yeah, you know, uh, going to work is easier. Absolutely. You know, it's not every job, obviously, but where I work, um, you know, going to a cubicle and sending my kid off to someone else all day, other than the getting up early, making sure everything's packed. Once I'm at my desk, like those days were uh, mentally Mm -hmm. easier, but... I kept saying to myself, geez, at the end of my life, like when I'm on my deathbed, what am I going to look back on that I sat at a cubicle? And I felt this way even before I had kids. I sat at a cubicle for 30 years and just did busy work. I wasn't using my creativity um, and nothing was fulfilling. And um, I was telling my pediatrician, you know, I'm on this extended maternity leave right now. And um, I'm like, yeah, every day is physically and mentally draining but it's full of so much love too and um I'm I'm nursing my daughter and I didn't do that with my son for any more than three weeks and I wish I had but she's six months old and I'm nursing her and I'm just looking at her thinking how are women really expected to go back to work after six or eight weeks here she is six months old and she wants to nurse that's her comfort that is it's the proper flow of the milk that she's supposed to be getting not like from a but when she has a bottle she doesn't you know it's like this one this nipple's too fast this one's too slow it's not the comfort of skin to skin it's um the milk that she's getting that's the appropriate milk for her at that time of day whereas when you're pumping sometimes it's night milk and they're given to her in the daytime and um i'm i'm like it's really crazy what society has placed on um moms because we're the ones that you know nurse and do the mothering to go back to work that early and um and almost feel proud of ourselves for doing it and i know a lot of moms have to and you know that and a lot of moms love their job i'm not trying to put them down at all but i didn't know what i was missing with my first son until i had my daughter and i'm doing it with her now and now i feel bad cuz i didn't do it for him i'll give him a few extra hugs a day now but um it's really crazy and how much the hard work is what is fulfilling in the end though. Just like, you know, working out, you know, nobody wants to work out. You don't get up and like, I can't wait to go for a run or lift or hike or whatever. I mean, some people do, but, um, (laughs) but for the majority you don't, but then you do it and you feel really good about yourself. And then after a while you see results and then, and then you get the health benefits and the physical benefits. And it's, it's like anything fulfilling and good for us is going to be hard work. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us today. Um, I enjoyed learning all about your experiences and all about Georgia and how you guys do homeschooling down there. And maybe I can come visit some uh, winter when we've got our ice storm up here. Yeah. I mean, we get like three days of, of a good snow and our lives shut down. Like it's, it's fun. Nobody has to go to work. Nobody has to do anything. So we get to play in the snow and, oh, and it's gone. It melts and it's gone. So we're good. <laughs> but come on down. Oh, yeah. That sounds like heaven. It is. It's pretty good here. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. And I wish you and your family well. Awesome. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. If you've enjoyed what you heard, please consider helping me out by sharing this podcast with friends, with your homeschool community, and even to your favorite homeschool group Facebook page. As a new podcast, we're really trying to get our episodes out there so that we can keep going. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show and tell us about your homeschooling experience, email me at thehomeschoolhowto at gmail.com or visit thehomeschoolhowto.com and send me a message through Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for your time and for your love of the next generation. We'll see you next week.